This presentation is from Managing Design 2017, held in Melbourne. For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au. Um, my name's Laura, and I'm here to talk to you about design systems, particularly managing design system projects. Um, just a really quick show of hands. Who's actually undertaken a project like this before? Style guides, design systems, design languages... <laughs> Get those up there. Surely everyone's been involved in some form of... <laughs> yep. So um, it's not an easy task. That's, that's the major thing. But, um, so just some really quick background on me. Um, I used to be the UI lead at Flight Center. I, I then worked at a software company delivering some product design stuff, and now I'm at an agency called Liquid Interactive where I'm running a, a government design delivery. So on time. Um, designing and building software is really complex. Is there anyone who doesn't agree with that? <laughs> Quick show of hands, who agrees? <laughs> Come on, guys. <laughs> it's hard, and it really feels like you're up against a wall and another wall's right behind you, and you're just kind of like trying to make the best out of the worst situation. Um, so, there's a lot of challenges in this, right? We've got sort of too many cooks, you can have multiple feature teams to, trying to deliver on the same product, trying to ensure consistency around that. You've got scalability issues, maintainability issues, all kinds of things. Particularly when you get a lot of designers working on one product or a suite of products, how do you maintain any form of consistency in the experience or design language? There is the nightmare of designing for configuration, and that's been a particular bugbear of mine, so I put, in, put it on in there. Um, supporting multiple platforms and devices. How do you ensure a consistent experience across different devices and that cohesion sort of mixing in well? So a fractured design process makes for a fractured user experience. I think that that's, that kind of encapsulates my entire talk, and I'm done. Goodbye. <laughs> so most of us, I would say, are designers. So how can we design the process in order to deliver better products and experiences? Does anyone see where I'm going with this? Design systems. I'm actually not going to talk about why you should do it, what the benefits of doing a design system are or anything like that. But <laughs> really briefly, these are sorts of differences between style guide projects and design system projects. Um, kind of highlighting the key differences, you've really got a greater level of sort of strategy documentation in your design system. You've got things like voice and tone guidelines, UX personas, animation principles, coding standards, accessibility metrics, all that kind of stuff. Um, your style guide is your classic sort of cut and paste Lego brick system. So design system does not equal style guide, so everyone's aware. All right, I've got two little stories that I'm going to tell you about failure <laughs> um, and what I learned from those failures. So, number one, what is in a name? Um, when I worked on my first design system project for Flight Center, I was given a little team. I was given a few devs and a UI designer and access to all the resources that I might require. But as a young and naive designer, I just sort of jumped on in there. And I was like, OK, let's do this. We called it a Star Guide project, because it was about three years ago now. <laughs> and that, that was all the rage back then, Star Guides. Um, so we dove straight in there and went into a discovery phase and got the developers in the room, got all our users together. What's everyone's pain points? Why do we need this thing? 
and it was just like a resounding silence and, <laughs> and a resounding flop. No one was really engaged with it. Everyone's like, oh, Star Guides, they're so like 1999 and we don't need that stuff and they're never going to help us. They're just things we have to maintain and, and they're not the way forward. So um, it took me a really long time to understand this hesitation and, and why this was happening until one day I realized people just hate the word Star Guide. Developers hate star guides. They have to build them and maintain them, and they become like this huge, big, big bit of debt for them, and it's, it's not nice for them. So I ran into the project, and this sort of happened over the space of a few weeks, but instead of calling it a star guide, we started calling it the new component API. <laughs> Thank you. Um, so this is a pro tip for everybody in here. If you're trying to get a project off the ground and it just won't get any traction with your engineers, developers love APIs. <laughs> and if you put that just on the end of whatever your project name is, I guarantee you're going to have higher levels of engagement. I went from people not coming to my meetings and sort of not engaging in my meetings to developers saying to their friends, oh, I can't go to that because I'm going to the component API meeting. And, and their mates were like, what is that? Can I be involved? Like, I really want to, it sounds like you're doing something really fun and really, because, you know, flight center and a team sort of entrenched in VAU and that kind of thing. It was the right angle. It's like something innovative, something fresh. You get to contribute to something great. So there you go. Sometimes the resistance and misunderstandings that you encounter in these projects are just due to a bad name. Something's got a bad name for itself. And they've just had previous experiences with projects like that that have sort of tainted their views. So try repositioning. Okay, story number two, invisible pains. Um, so as part, of the, uh, as part of the same project early on, I'm trying to sort of get blood from the stone in terms of finding out why, why could this be useful for our developers and our developers have such an inefficient process. And it's something that we could all see from the outside, but the developers themselves just couldn't understand. They were like, no, it's, it's just how we've always done it, and it's fine. It's, it's not a struggle. So one day, I was absolutely convinced, by the way. I was just, no, there's, there's oh, no. There's got to be a way to fix this thing and to, to get it out of them because I know that their lives could be better. So sitting down next to a developer doing a bit of a pairing exercise, I just watched his process as he implemented a UI through development. And I'm asking him all these questions. So how do you know like, what the padding is and how do you do this and how do you do that? And I was like, OK, that, that text color, what, where do you get that from? And he's like, oh, OK. So he color picks it. And that's already a concern <laughs> for me. I'm like, well. So he color picks it instead of referring to the old style guide. And then he opens up his sash, his little SAS spreadsheet, and he's like, does a little control left to find the hex code he's just copied. And I'm just sitting there like, whoa. And then he like searches through all the colors and really proudly turns to me and he's like, if I can't find the variable that matches this hex code, I just make a new variable and implement it. And we had 40 shades, <laughs> 40 shades of black gray in our SAS star sheets. And it's horrendous. Like when you're trying to ensure some consistency and then you see something like that, it's, it's terrifying. 
So sometimes people don't know what their pains are and they're not even, they've just accepted them and moved on and you can find them and address them and it's going to help feed the advocacy for the project, particularly when people are against the project to begin with. So a few other key lessons. Building a design system is a marathon and not a sprint. So <laughs> it's... <laughs> um, it, it, it's going to feel like when you start off and you've got all these really good goals and it makes a lot of sense, it's going to feel like this is going to be you in like three weeks, right? <laughs> but it, it's a really big task and this is going to be you like six months from now if you don't do it right. So um, really telling the team up front, this is like a long-term investment. This is not a quick win. This is like to ensure that we can sort of preserve our experience language and we can build products from here with this excellent scaffold going forwards, but it's not a quick win. So don't think of it like a project. Approach it like a product. So products are living, breathing things and we grow them and if we don't, they stagnate and die into obscurity. <laughs> and that is the same with the design system, I'm sorry to say. So if you treat it like a product with a roadmap, objectives and lots of different user groups, it's actually sort of liberating because you're putting it in a category <coughs> that I I'd imagine that most people here would know how to approach a product design exercise and how to grow a product, maintain a product. So it's actually nice putting in that term. A design system is, isn't a project, it's a product serving products. So taking stock of where you are is the best place to start. And the best way to do that, in my opinion, is to do an interface inventory where you go through your current interface, print out everything, put it on the wall and just make a mess. And um, it looks a bit like John Nash in A Beautiful Mind when he's like scribbling stuff on the whiteboard and that's, that's how it is in real life too. Um, so the idea is to sort of create some order out of the chaos. You can see I've very nicely somehow made something <laughs> out of a big mess. Um, and if you can do it visually, that's even better. Get everyone aboard, define a new structure and get everyone to contribute to the new structure, particularly um, involving the developers at that stage is really good. So you can do the classic atoms and molecules. So start from your little, the infamous Brad Frost. Um, another one I love is the GE Predix design system, which actually extrapolates it backwards. So it starts with the application and goes down to features, components, principles. But basically whatever works for you, whatever works for your product. And throughout the whole process, you have to continue evangelizing. You have to tell everybody that this is the best thing ever <laughs> because it's a hard project and it involves everyone's commitment. The first challenge is building a design system and the second challenge is getting someone to care. <laughs> so basically, as soon as you build this thing, everyone's going to be like, but why can't we do that? Can't we, can't we break it? Can't we just not go with it? Can we make, make our own way? And um, it's a real challenge. But um, the idea is to get the framework together, get the components and the consistency together, and then be able to adapt from there. So, thank you. We hope you enjoyed this presentation from Managing Design 2017. 
For more presentations from this and other conferences, please visit uxaustralia.com.au.